What I like to do is if the restaurant seems appealing or it has good recommendations from the blog, even if it has those negative reviews, if you start to sift through them, you can really determine if the food is good and people that gave these the negative reviews were actually, you know, associating it with the dining experience itself. And that's something that I recommend because if you look at the, the overall rating at face value, I think it's not always accurate and, and it's not fair to the restaurant. Safety Wang is the world's first international travel medical insurance developed to meet the needs of entrepreneurs and remote workers traveling or living abroad worldwide. The Safety Wang Nomad Insurance includes both travel and travel medical insurance, which includes coverage for any travel delays, lost checked bags, emergency response, and natural disasters, plus coverage and access to qualified global network of hospitals and doctors for unexpected medical problems and accidents, and any emergency medical evacuations. You can sign up for Nomad Insurance even if your trip is already happening, or sign up in advance by selecting a future start date. For only $42 per four weeks, you can be covered under Safety Wing and its Nomad Insurance. Click the link in our description for more info and to sign up. Safe travels! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone, because everybody's listening into the Ticket to Anywhere podcast from yes, everywhere, you are. hopefully. <laughs> I am one of your co-hosts, Trizzy. And I'm Leah, aka LA in Flight. We are two voices, two views, and two ways to venture from anywhere. Heck yes. And today we have a very, very special guest who is near and dear to our heart. Uh, Bob Demena of the Traveler's Blueprint. Unfortunately, his co-host and partner Elliot uh, was not able to make it on the show today, but that's okay. Much love to them. I personally have been on some of their roundtable episodes like four yes, times. you have. So they are good friends of the podcast. We'll link those episodes um, in the show notes and in the descriptions because they're all about like travel safety, tra- uh, social mm-hmm. media while traveling, traveling alone as a woman, etc. There's a lot of cool different topics that they like to explore on their podcast, The Traveler's Blueprint. Yeah, and they're a good place to get like current events, current travel events too. 100%. They do these episodes called like The Travel Bites. So it's just recent travel stories. It could be about, you know, a woman getting duct tape on a plane or it could be the most updated CDC guidelines. So mm-hmm. it's a, a, good, a good listen. Yeah, I really love those episodes because – um, they, I can't remember if they do them weekly or twice a month, but I love getting my travel news from them because they, they kind of give their commentary, let mm-hmm. us know what's going on in the world. And it's like short and sweet. Yeah. But we brought Bob on and he explained the process of his planning and what the travel blueprint offers with creating an itinerary. And I, I loved it because a lot of it was very mm-hmm. similar to how I do things mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, the increments of 15, 30 minutes, adding it onto the itinerary. That's so me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you two could connect over planning your potty breaks while traveling. <laughs> <laughs> you only have two minutes to pee and wash two your hands. <laughs> Travelers Blueprint, in addition to being a podcast, they're a community, an online community and they have these itinerary planning services. But you could also do five sessions of one-on-one consulting for whatever trip you have to go up or or go on. And then you can also um, do a singular one-on-one consulting session with the guys of Traveler's Blueprint, which is super cool. And um, it was just a joy having him on and hearing how he does he does different things around the world and what his next trips are and mm. even got into like points and miles and hacking. And I'm like, wait, let's not cross that line just yet. <laughs> save save the good stuff for later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all of it was good stuff. We enjoyed having Bob on and cheers to him. Cheers to us for another episode. And we are sipping. Ooh. This my concoction is actually. Oh, what's cool. the conco- what's the concoction? So I had Earl Grey tea, loose leaf from Art of Tea, and I put in my homemade orange juice, grapefruit juice. So it's somewhat like an iced Ooh. tea, but it's a it's like a orange refresher. Earl Grey. Yeah, so it was really okay. good. But I made I didn't want it cold, so I still had a, a bit of a warmth because we're recording in the morning. Had to wake up my voice a little bit. <laughs> 
So had to wake up the voice. Meanwhile, I'm like coffee, inject coffee to the jugular. <laughs> Warm up. What is that? Smash his glass. <laughs> okay. Well, while you're drinking on your, your nice tea, I actually grabbed this can over at EatsCon over the weekend in Santa Monica. The brand is Taika. And it's like a pre-made latte with macadamia milk mm. in it. So it's a macadamia latte. and has all these adaptogens in it that um, help you with immunity, energy, focus, clarity, calm. It's very like L.A. Let's see if it's even made in L.A. <laughs> it's very L.A. like with all the health benefits and like yeah. a coffee. You know what I mean? Right. Silver Lake, California. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it looks cool. I love the packaging. I feel like packaging for me it's is so great. Key. So this was this at the festival, which festivals are normally more expensive. This costs mm-hmm. five dollars a can. Okay. So, but we will link the brand. Um, but check it out. Yes, it's gonna be good. Do awesome. Well, cheers, Leah. Cheers, Trizzy. This is Leah and Trizzy, and we are two voices, two views, and two ways to adventure from anywhere. We prioritize travel in our lives, and we both travel very differently. Every other Wednesday, we drop episodes featuring the coolest travelers around the globe, local business owners, community episodes from you, and of course, us, your resident travel lovers. This is Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Watch us on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, Bob. Bob from the Traveler's Blueprint. Thank you so much for your time this morning, for coming on. It's been a long time coming. I feel like that we've needed to have you on Ticket to Anywhere. So we're stoked you're here. Yeah, thank you. I feel like I, you know, we've we've talked four times on my podcast. And so I really feel like I've gotten to know you over the years. And I'm really excited today to actually to talk through some of the travels, uh, the travel tips that we have. So many times, yes. And we're bummed that Elliot can't be here today. But, you know, still part of, big part of the community. Much love to him. Bob, coffee or tea? Coffee. Ooh, it's a hard okay. call. Yes. All right. We wanted to get you onto Ticket to Anywhere to, you know, I think what you're doing with the Traveler's Blueprint is incredible. You've actually created a big community. Um, you're selling like travel itinerary planning services now. Like you've made this truly into a brand and, you know, coined yourself as as kind of experts into like researching the perfect itinerary. I know that's what your specialty is. So let's let's kind of dive right into it and, yeah. you know, just drop your knowledge. Sure. Yeah. So, so you're right. So we, we had, we've spent a lot of time sort of curating this traveler travel blueprint, we call it. Um, and it's, it comes in five parts and essentially it's how to navigate a city, a new city, how to book cheap airfare, how to conduct research on restaurants and sort of sift through blogs, how to actually take all this information and create an itinerary. And then lastly, understanding like safety, local norms, and how to be a thoughtful traveler. The whole point is sort of efficiency. We want to be efficient travelers when we go. Um, one thing that I do want to preface this, it's not exactly the ideal planning method for everybody. Leah and, and Trizzy, as you guys know, and Leah, I know when you were on our podcast, we had people on recently that don't plan anything at all. So I do want to be clear, like the way that we plan travel is essentially for people who are limited on time, primarily a lot of Americans only get two weeks. So it's really helpful for them. People who don't want to miss anything. And some, most people who, who like having background information on the things that they're visiting while they're there. And then people are happy sticking to a schedule, obviously. So if you're sort of the person who just sort of books the ticket, shows up, figures out what you're doing on the fly, I think you'll learn something, but it's not, it's not really geared towards that type of travel. Yeah. So um, it's, I've been planning it for a while. So to give background information, I was a traveler through work. So I worked for an engineering firm. I still do today, an environmental engineering firm. And they sent me all over the country going to check out these properties for developers and, and things like that. So I would go to a new city somewhere in the nation in the United States, and I had to work obviously, but I also had the ability to have several hours in the day to do something else. And so instead of going to the hotel, which is a little, a lot of what my coworkers did, or just sitting at a bar, spending the time there, which I did sometimes, but I, I would want to see things. I would want to go, you know, if I was in Denver, I would figure out a way to just see the Rocky Mountains or try to go for a hike. Um, LA, go to uh, uh, 
Lebray tar pits. I love them. I don't know you guys. Like, I, love, <laughs> no, I, I love them. That, that's that. That's that's like right up my alley. So what I did was I started to say, okay, I'm going to work from this time to this time, and then the attraction I'm going to see is this far away, and sort of very obviously just planned how to do it and make sure I had the ability to get back to where I needed to be and made sure my work was got done. But over the years that evolved into very meticulous planning, like I sort of learned how long things took and how much time I would spend in a place. And I was able to like mentally adjust for traffic. It was really weird, but just by doing it over and over and over again for so many years, I really nailed it down. And then I got the bright idea to sort of push it to the podcast and then build upon it that way. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to pause you there because I have a few questions. And one of my pillars of, for people who have been listening to the podcast long enough is that I love to slow travel. So I have so many questions about, obviously this was working well for you pre pandemic, but what is the status now with traveling for work and how do you incorporate slow travel into these trips if you still do them? Like, would you add extra days? Could you work remotely? Um, Did you only have to be online for like an hour of the day? You know, how um, I'd love to kind of connect it to like slow traveling and and teaching people it's okay to kind of extend their, their work vacations or whatever vacation they do have. Yeah. So, well, so, so for my particular situation, I moved up in the company, so I'm no longer the traveler. I'm the guy who sits in the office now and sends the people out. The younger people get to do it now. So I I moved past being the one who travels as much. And I did that um, before COVID actually. So I I didn't actually travel the country during the pandemic at all for work. Um, But so yeah, so it, it's it's a weird it's a weird balance because slow travel is something that really came to me through the podcast. And I'm started to think like, oh, you know, my way is not the only way, and I could now see clearly by the people who have told me multiple times that slow travel is so beneficial to the experience. Um, what what so for the for the last trip that I did with my wife and daughter, we went to Rome, and instead of packing in a Italy trip, we did a Rome trip and we did one day, every day was in a different section of the city of Rome. So we really saw the city. Uh, we would spend an entire day in this neighborhood. And to me, that's like one of the closest forms of slow travel that I've experienced so far is a week in one city. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the best person to speak on slow travel. I'm sort of like oh. the counterbalance to it. I think a week in one city, that is the definition of slow travel, yeah. especially okay. a place like okay. Italy, mm-hmm. like Rome, Italy, where people are trying to pack, I don't know, like every single part of the country and yeah. in a week. So how did you like, I'm sorry, I'm veering off, but how did mm-hmm. you, what did you think of spending a a different day in each neighborhood, a week in Rome? What did you think of that? I, I, I loved it. I feel like I got to knew, know the city so well. So yeah, by breaking it down and not having to rush... In, in, throughout the city or throughout the country, yeah, we sort of set up shop and we walked around and we took our time. There was really no set schedule like I've had on previous trips because we would go to the neighborhood and we knew we had the entire day. We knew where we wanted to go and some of the restaurants and cafes that we wanted to visit, but there wasn't this rush. And so we would sit down and we'd enjoy it and we'd people watch. And it was really, it was really an awesome experience. I think the real reason we did it this way is because we had a toddler. So the mm-hmm. push, push, push to see everything just isn't quite working. So my travel preferences or my ability to travel is obviously evolving with my circumstance of having a young child. At the time, I only had my, – my wife was um, like six months pregnant. So she couldn't really do a whole lot of moving throughout the country. And I mean that in a very nice, respectful way, but, (laughs) you know, so yeah, we were limited in what we could do. I like the fact that you said doing the podcast kind of helped open your mind up to different sorts of travel. Cause that was kind of like me too. Leah knows that I will pack in three, four countries in two weeks. But when we started this podcast, that's a real scenario. yeah. (laughs) When we started this podcast, you know, Leah brought up the term slow travel Mm-hmm. and how she would go to local, um, what is it, central markets to kind of like pick out food. And then sometimes she'll just eat food from the market rather than going to like a stall, going to a store or restaurant and doing things like that. 
And I was like, oh, let me hopefully try this one day. But like you said, Bob, um, I only have two weeks given through work. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to jam pack everything. But hopefully in the near future, I'll be able to slow travel and experience what you guys experienced. Yeah. And so, so the most I've done, I've done six countries in 14 days. That was the most I've jammed into Oof. one trip. And there were some of those countries that it was only like a day and a half in. Um, yeah. And it, it, sort of for me personally, by learning all these different ways of travel, I've realized that you don't have to just pick one and live by it forever. One trip can be fast paced. The next trip, next trip can be mm-hmm. slow travel. And so you have the ability to change it mm-hmm. on a trip by trip basis and get a full, you know, travel experience, if that's what, like we want to call it. But yeah, you're not limited in what you want to do and, and and try them all and see which one you really like. And that's mm-hmm. that's ultimately, um, I think, the goal because, yeah, they're all great in their own way. They all have their pros and cons. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That must have been Europe. It was. It was my honeymoon. <laughs> it was my honeymoon. So we did oh. – we flew into Sweden and then we flew into Hungary then we took a bus from Budapest into Croatia. We road tripped. I got a car. We road tripped from Croatia into Montenegro and then oh Bosnia and Herzegovina. And then we flew to, I don't know how many countries did I name? And then we flew to uh, London. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you need an international driver's license? You don't for Croatia. And if you oh, do ooh. now, or if you did, I didn't have one. Italy, you do. A hundred percent. I know you do. Okay. For a lot of countries okay. you do. But Croatia, you did not. I just rented the car and drove around this country. Did you need a license? I had my license. Okay, you need a license in general. One thing we did that was fantastic, we went at the end of September, um, which was Mm. like the off season. And so we just cruised through the country. Like it was awesome. It was open. We were up in the mountains. Then we went down to the coastline. We drove through the across borders into Bosnia and Herzegovina and then Montenegro. And so it was just like so freeing to be able to travel that way i i'm a big car renter i think i love oh. the freedom of that yeah i do i love the freedom of being able to just get in your car and go whenever you want um a, b- mm-hmm. a big car rent i've never mm-hmm. heard that from any traveler in my mm-hmm. life i love that now, because, what, it, most it, people it, i know try to avoid renting cars <laughs> oh no mm-hmm. put me behind the wheel of the car my suitcases are in the back we can That's stop true. wherever we want whenever we want we see a detour sign yeah. you know whatever you want to do um, you can stop and eat whenever you want, and you listen to the music you want, and you guys sort of cruise. It's like taking a road trip in a foreign country. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, the the, the cost is obviously there, but if you mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. anticipate that and have the ability to save for it, I mm-hmm. I would recommend it. I would love to do that, but I got pulled over once in Cancun for <gasps> no good reason, and from there I feel like if I were to drive internationally, I'll get scared again. I <laughs> being I, like foreign, yeah. I was crossing the border from Croatia to Bosnia and I don't know what it was, but I didn't fully understand the system that they had. And I started to go before Mm. they like really let me through into their country and Mm. they were not happy. So I like, I, I, something stopped me. I don't really remember, but I had to reverse back and I was just like, sorry, American. (laughs) And he he did not, he did not like that at all like he was not amused he probably thought you were like a terrorist like trying to enter the country so uh yeah i i I think they get they get a lot of tourists but it was again in the off season there was no one else at this border crossing and so it was just us and it was yeah i have like two weird questions do you um was this the trip where you fell off a wall didn't you fall yes yeah (laughs) i just remember you saying like i fell off a wall in italy in my honeymoon or something it was croatia Croatia. yeah (laughs) i was partying with these canadians that we met and um we partied hard and and i was sitting on this wall and i fell off into a bush of spikes and i had Ooh. when i put, put my arm up i think i still have scars i had all these like spikes sticking out of my arm and the guy oh, i was with just started gosh. yanking them out and <laughs> it was it was a mess it was a mess yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then is the water st- like i can't we live in los angeles right where it's temperate weather and i can't imagine i mean the water gets kind of the water does cool down but like does the water get is the water cold at the end of september like can you go in where you were Croatia, it, Italy. Yeah, it depends on your tolerance for it. It was a little too cold for me, I think. Um, mm. We did lay out like the, the the sun was still warm, and we did boat trips and island trips, and we and I did swim. 
actually i do i do remember swimming now like through like caves and stuff but it wasn't it wasn't like the perfect weather now what you mm. get though is are no lines and the ability to sort of travel freely and experience the country without booming tourism and croatia is one of those countries that has evolved to like really get a lot of western tourists specifically like from europe mm. and australia so uh I personally would be willing to trade cooler temperatures for way less tourists. I mean, I'm talking oh, yeah. way, we were some of the last tours of the year of the season. My wife and I did this boat tour to go pull oysters out of the, the, the sea and eat them on the boat. We were the only two on the boat. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was, that I'm a big, so cool. big uh, um, advocate for tail season travel for sure. Yeah. Actually, I want to know that too. Like who who listening right now? Drop in the comments or DM us. Let us know if you guys are off season travelers as well. Cause I'm like the in between. I'm like sometimes I'll go yeah. on the on season just because it's just what people do mm-hmm. and the availability mm-hmm. I have during the summer. And then but I always want to inch towards the off season because I don't like crowds. Yeah. Prices are cheaper mm-hmm. too. So you're talking mm-hmm. less people, uh fewer prices easier easier ability to navigate but then like the nightlife isn't going to be as good and so there is there's definitely a trade-off but yeah it's just preference right mm-hmm. yeah well nightlife as in like being outside i mean if you're trying to go into a club or bar i think it might stay the same right or no yeah or it, well, it depends like- on where the bar is if like the bar is on the strip where mm. all the tourists hang out then you're not going to have mm. that, that that same crowd but if you are someone that seeks out local experiences, then yeah, but I, I would assume that it's going to be the same. Yeah, I'm tapped out by 8 p.m. <laughs> 8 p.m. <laughs> You're basically live planning a, a next trip for us. <laughs> well, here, I'll, I'll help you now. So, so like I mentioned in the beginning, so we have urban navigation, booking airfare, restaurants, blog, and research. And then, then it gets into laying out the itinerary and then like understanding safety, local norms and and being a thoughtful traveler. So the first one is, is urban navigation. And again, it's about being as efficient as possible. So one of the things that we, we help people do is make a map on Google, my places. I don't know if you, either of you are familiar mm-hmm. with this program, yep. but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a fantastic tool to sort of get the layout, lay the land, and then start to type in the locations of, of what you want to see, the attractions, the restaurants, things like that, you put them into the map. And then once you have these pinned out all over the map, you plan, you know, A to B and then B to C. And you can move them around to make sure you're not backtracking. And it's a fantastic way to make sure that as you move around the city, you don't have to go back. You're not wasting time by having to turn around. And if you have this information with you, you're not sitting on your phone and trying to look it up. And, And again, to me, it's wasted time. Some people have argued to me that that's part of the process. And so by all means, if that's part of your process, I right. guess, sit in a cafe and look for what to do. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm not hating on it at all, but um, no, yeah. Sure. And so by, by understanding the layout, the lay of the land before you get there, you're going to be much more efficient while you're actually there. And yeah, I think that's a huge, that's a huge plus. Uh, what we do then is once we code these or once we, we establish the itinerary, we save it and we identify them by day. So you have all these layers. So you have day one, two, three, four, five, six, however many days you're traveling. And then the attractions will be in order from one to however many you're doing. And then when you eventually get to writing your itinerary, you have these numbers for each day labeled, you know, Roman Colosseum is number one. Then when you go to the map, you can see where it's actually located with the one on the map. And you can sort of cross-reference and see as you're traveling where you're, where you're going and what you're doing. You have it in list form on paper, and you have it in map form as well. Um, that's amazing. And you could offline these maps. Too. Yeah. And, you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of it. You definitely want to save them offline. And then you could see, you can save, you can map an entire city offline and have it for later. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing we, we focus on is booking airfare. So... The, one of the biggest things of travel is trying to find the cheapest uh, flight possible. The things that we preach, so like the best way to get the cheapest flight, what we say is it's about flexible location, flexible dates, mm-hmm. and then flexible booking. So if you can actually book six months right. in advance versus a week before your trip, you'll obviously see difference in price there. And then, yeah, and then having the flexible, being flexible of where you travel 
and then the dates of at which you travel will help you. Now, not everybody has this luxury. It depends on on what you want to do and where you want to go and when. But those are like that's like the foundation for cheap flights. <clears throat> and we use Google Flights. I'm a huge Google Flights user. I love it. I think that there's this bar graph program that allows you to see the fluctuation fluctuations in prices throughout the year. And you can sort of monitor this and see when prices and sort of anticipate, anti, uh, sorry, anticipate when prices go up and down. And mm-hmm. it's really helpful. Uh, I use that all the time. Um, and then, and then one of the other things with Google Flights is if you truly are flexible, you can remove the destination, and you can remove specific dates, and you could do it by just month or you know I want to go two weeks in June, and then you remove the destination, you scroll out to a map of the world. And you just move around and look for the lowest number, <laughs> you know, the lowest price. And and it's yeah. a really easy way to find cheap airfare. And and all this being said, if you do know, you know, I want to go to Rome the first two weeks of August and you have a month to book, you're going to be very limited on 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 how much you spend. It's It's mm-hmm. not really up to you at that point. Where do you book, Bob? Then do you book through Google Flights or do you just use that as a research tool? Google Flights tends to push you to the direct website. Okay, I th- I, I believe okay. that's the case. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm thinking back now, but I believe like if yeah, if you find an American flight, it'll you'll find the flight, and then once you click book, it brings you to American's website. Mm-hmm. They don't push you into like another uh, into a third party. I, I, and I, I I'm pretty confident in that. Um, that's good. Yeah, I I, I fly does. a lot of American just because I'm out of Philadelphia, and that's a huge, mm-hmm. massive American hub, and they have like oh, the okay. the sister companies as well. So I end up flying American a lot. I'm a big points user. I have like 14 credit cards. Um, I'm all about the points game. I did not know this about you that you're like this hacker. Yeah. (laughs) So I have car renter. Yeah. So I have enterprise enterprise account and a national account for cars. I have American Mm -hmm. Southwest. I have the chase. Uh, I have capital one points. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I try to accumulate them throughout the year. And then use them for my trips. Yeah. I didn't, because that comes in here. I was literally, my next question was, how are you with points and whatnot? Because I'm sure that comes in handy when you're trying to help people book airfare and whatnot. And they're like, oh, I have a hundred thousand so-and-so points. Like, how yeah. can I use them? I was mm-hmm. like, I never know how to answer that question like that. So, so I'm not like, I'm not super proficient in understanding the ins and outs. I know it to a degree, but I still rely on like the points guy for a lot of information mm-hmm. um, for which credit cards to use. And uh, so I, I, I sort of still have to Google that and make sure. Cause it's, that's something oh, like it, it's its own beast and you could spend mm-hmm. a lot oh, of time yeah. learning it and it changes the, the credit cards change, you know, how far their points go yeah. and, and the rewards. And so that's something that if you really want to understand that you have to stay on top of, I do, I lean on the points guys website a lot uh, for a mm-hmm. lot of that. And, and I just know I have a spreadsheet of all my credit cards, uh, uh, mm-hmm. their expiration dates, and then what they are best used for. And so mm-hmm. I have a lot of like nice. auto payments going on. So like my one card is only Netflix. I have a card that I use for home improvement. And, and if you just go to, I have a card that I use for groceries, a card that I use for gas. And so it does, it, it takes effort, but I carry them with me and I'm just used to it now. And I know which ones to do. And and, and I just stay on top of my finances. You have to pay them off. Yep. Obviously the interest is extremely high. And so if you're not paying mm-hmm. them off, you lose the benefit of the points. So I, I like to keep a spreadsheet, but I know that's very old school. I've been told multiple times there's like these programs where you can just put in your credit card that tells you which one to use and what you'll get but I sort of like the manual aspect of it and yeah and, and doing it on exactly. my own so do you Bob do you yeah I yeah, um, I just got the Capital One Venture X and I'm Woo-hoo. so excited about that one because I don't have any lounge access I know surprise but I've been like budget traveler for so long I'm like budget travelers don't do lounges come on now yeah, I'm not I'm not a big lounge guy either, actually. So I stretch my points when I because now, especially now because I have a family. Yeah. You have two people spending on your accounts though. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> you do yeah. too, Trizzy. Yeah. I'm it's just me racking up my solo points for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it really started the boom once I got like the house because now it's like every time mm. I ha- enter like a new home renovation project, I just wait to get a new card for it. So then you just get that bonus points 
And then I sometimes I stop using the card, so I don't use all of my cards. So I'll mm -hmm, buy, mm -hmm. I'll know I have to like, you know, I do right now, I have to redo portions of my deck. So what I'll do is I'll wait, I'll get another card, I'll buy the materials, pay for the labor through the credit card, get that bonus, and then sort of put the card in a safe, forget about it, <laughs> bank the points, and then save them for when I need them. No, I was gonna say you're like finding projects around the house. Yeah, to be yeah. like, okay, what can I fix? Breaking stuff, just to get... yeah. You're like, honey, we need a new deck. We need a new roof. Mm. Um, okay. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Off track. This could turn yeah. into a whole points and miles conversation. I mean, if we let it, this is the whole traveler's blueprint. Yes, here. but well, so okay. This is the, your next point. Yeah. So How the next like one is like reviews and finding. Yeah, that's important. right. It's restaurants, blogs, and research. So I think that uh, I'm a big user of blogs, <clears throat> at least initially to okay. start writing out my itinerary. And what I do first, so I have three, I, it's a three-step process. I will Google what to do in Rome, very broad. And what you'll do is if you read through three or four of those, you'll realize that they're all the same. It's the main attractions. Go here, 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 here. The order sometimes changes and the recommendations of individual restaurants will change. But you really get a feel for what most people are going to do. So I write down the things that interest me from those uh, main blogs. And then I get a little bit more detailed. So the next Google search will be uh, what to do or, or, or see Rome like a local. And then you start to get recommendations because local people will write their own blogs and say, this is what I do when I'm walking around the city. This is what I recommend you do. And I'll take some of those and put those, write those down. And then I'll type in obscure things to do in Rome. And this is really where you can really find things that most people either don't care about. They're not over the top, but if you, I think most people will find something interesting that they'll want to do. And I, I like the feeling of doing something obscure, especially in a city like Rome, where it's such a template itinerary that so many people do to find something a little bit unique and, and experience a neighborhood that most people don't go to. I personally like, I enjoy. And so I am sometimes willing to, to not do one of the main attractions to maybe get a little bit more of an obscure experience. So that's, that's how I figure out what to do. Um, but then you start neither reading through reviews and restaurants specifically. The reviews can be really mean. And oftentimes you'll see a restaurant with a, a subpar like overall rating. Yeah. But if you break down and you start to go into these reviews, you'll realize that a lot of these negative reviews are related or unrelated to like the food itself. It will be something like it was a rainy day and I had to wait 10 minutes in the rain. And so they get one star. Or I didn't like how loud it was today because there was a baby at the table next to me crying. So two stars. <laughs> and and so what I like to do is if the restaurant seems appealing or it has good recommendations from the blog, even if it has those negative reviews, if you start to sift through them, you can really determine if the food is good and people that gave these the negative reviews were actually you know, associating it with the dining experience itself. And right. that's something that I recommend because if you look at the, the overall rating at face value, I think it's not always accurate and, and it's not fair to the restaurant. All right. Yeah. So the, yeah, the next one is the itinerary layout. So now that you have all this information, you know where you're going, you have, you booked your cheap airfare, uh, you understand the attractions you're going to see because you've mapped them already. Um, and you, you, have the, the restaurant information. <clears throat> what I do, I used to do a Google document and just list it out, like sort of write it old school on paper, not like that, but type it, uh, you know, in a, in a Google document. Um, we created a little planner journal that allows you to do this. And essentially, I, I sometimes will write my trip out to the 15 to 30 minute increment Ooh. down the line. It's a little extreme. And I, because of this podcast and talking to so many different travelers, started to move away from it. And when I did, my wife's like, no, I like it. Come back. Like we're doing, she, she's into it. So she likes it. That's why I guess we travel so well together because we have such a similar um, idea of how we should do it. So I came back. I came back to the 30 minute, 15 minute increments because she like, likes sticking to the script. at this time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bob, that's it's, like me too. Yeah. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad because I talked to a lot of travelers and most of them are not like us. Um, but I think what, what this allows you to do, you know, I should say, I don't want people to get the impression that like if your trip doesn't go 
according to plan that you you get mad. You can't because things just go wrong constantly. Mm-hmm. And you sort of you need to go in with the mindset, just like life in general, like things don't always go your way and accept mm-hmm. that. And so the second something doesn't go your way, you're late, there's an accident, whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay. You know, just just keep going and, and don't let that ruin your trip because I think the personality type that creates these itineraries is walks a fine line of letting a disruption really kind of take away from their experience. And so I think it's very important to sort of harness this philosophy that this is what I want to do. I accept that it might not actually happen, but I'll do whatever I can and and be happy with it. Um, I agree with that. And I feel like if you have an itinerary from Traveler's Blueprint and then you find that your timing is a little off and you set your mindset into like being angry about it, like uh, this itinerary doesn't work for me, your whole trip is just going to go to crap. Right. Because yeah, that's your attitude, that's the energy that you're bringing in. And I'm big on the type, the energy that you bring bring in. For me, last big trip that I had was in Finland in November. All cloudy skies. I was scared that I was not going to see the northern lights. But honestly, I never was bummed or scared that we weren't going to see the northern lights. I was just in the moment appreciating the cold, the snow, the saunas, the new culture that I was taking in. And then the last two days of our stay, boom, they started dancing for us. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's it, these experiences, I, I almost feel like this is like just life, but like it's sort of like fishing. You go with the hope to catch mm-hmm. fish, but most people aren't angry that they didn't catch fish because you sort of know going into it that you might not. And, but mm-hmm. you're just thankful to have the, the experience. And so travel is sort of the same way. You hope to do all of these things, but sometimes life just dictates otherwise and you need to be okay with it. And and to be able to harness that philosophy is like huge. It's it's makes the trip exponentially better. Yeah. Especially it. especially again with someone who's going into it like this, with with a layout down to the 15 minute increment. Like yeah. you can't <laughs> you can't get mad uh, you know if it's a little late because they do happen. And and so I guess sort of giving two different examples. My wife very much likes this type of travel, but Elliot, my partner with the podcast, is not all that into it. So when I travel with him, I change it up a little bit and I sort of figure out what we should do in order of like priority. And we'll try to do everything. But then if for whatever reason, we are having a ton of fun doing something, I'm very much willing to just go with the flow and and be happy and have fun. And we don't need to necessarily see anything. And so I do, I, I, I give give way a little bit, you know, depending on the situation and who I'm traveling with. Um, That's good that you're flexible, though. I feel mm -hmm. like some travelers may not be the ones that are really regimented with their schedule. They're not Mm -hmm. usually like, oh, okay, whatever. Let's go with the flow now. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why it's called a blueprint, because it's not the it's not the final product. It's not like the full plans. It's just it's just maybe like an yeah, rough outline that you're hopeful for. but yeah, so so anyway, so writing the itinerary is essentially compiling the information. And the order that I think I recommend doing it in is booking the airfare, so you know 100% that you're going on this trip. <laughs> then I create the map, so I know my route. And I do that before you book the accommodation. So once you figure out the neighborhood you're going to be spending the time in, where you're going to start and where you're going to end, then I recommend finding an accommodation either at the end or at the beginning, wherever you want. But now you know where you're going to be. I've made the mistake multiple times of booking the accommodation first, only to realize that you are spending time across town and you have to go back and forth. So I do recommend it that way. Um, Then I do my transportation and then I do the restaurant reservations if you have them or tours that you plan on doing. And then I compile confirmation numbers, currency exchange rates, addresses of the places I want to go to. One big tip for, for Airbnbs or hotels, I Google street view them and save a picture of it or mm-hmm. just try to try to you know mentally remember it so when you're walking around in a foreign city and it's a little bit hectic you remember the facade of the building and you can say oh yeah this is this is the place it's right next to the coffee shop with the brown doors i saw it on google street view here we are because addresses aren't always listed as cleanly as they are in the united states the street names yeah. aren't going to make sense to you the gps doesn't might not work as well so you have all these things but if you remember the facade of the building or you have a picture mm-hmm. of it. It's very easy. It, it, I, I've used that so many times that it's just so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you hotel or Airbnb usually? 
What's your preference? My preference is um, Airbnb, but I still do both because of the points. I'm a Hilton member. So I, I have mm-hmm. a bunch of Hilton points. Um, my company would send me to travel with Hilton. And so I accumulated a bunch of points that way. Uh, I go back and forth. I But if, if you ask me, what do I prefer? I'm a big Airbnb person. And this is a topic that Elliot and I actually want to do on the podcast. There's a lot of data now saying that it's actually detrimental to, to certain neighborhoods because it's raising mm. rent prices and, yeah. and landlords yeah. are buying these properties and only putting them in Airbnb. They're not giving them to the locals. And so um, yep. <clears throat> I need to learn more. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for an expert on this who can, who actually can articulate the data and explain it in a way that's easy un- to understand and really knows their mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm curious to see where that, yeah, ha- if, I, yeah. if I change, you know, because of this. In my in my complex that I live in now, um, they say that if because we have a twelve unit complex, and if you rent one out, it will actually lower the value of all the other complexes hmm. in in my area. Yeah, so I thought crazy. That's, that's interesting to see to hear the other side of yeah. that as well. Yeah, I, I, well, I think one of the other problems with Airbnb is are that a lot of foreign investors are buying in tourist destinations so mm-hmm. a lot of europeans for example are buying in places like maybe morocco so and then they're finding a local moroccan to manage their property but they own the property and they're the ones really mm-hmm. getting the benefits uh of that so yeah it's it's but on the flip side they it's there's added business and so that's what i'm really curious to actually sit down with somebody and and break it down but as it stands at this yeah. moment I'm, I'm i'm big with airbnb i like airbnb a lot Make sure you link in your Delta account to the Airbnb so you get your Delta SkyMiles points for every dollar you spend. Oh, you know, I actually don't have Delta. Oh. I, I, I don't fly Delta. I, mean, I, I It's it's extremely rare for me to book a Delta flight. I don't even know the last time that I flew Delta. Because wow. you're so American Airlines. Yeah, American yeah. Airlines dominates uh, the Philadelphia airport. But I might do that just for Airbnb. Yeah. I mean, do, yeah, and then if you, I don't know how often you use Lyft, but you can connect mm-hmm. your Delta account to Lyft. You can connect it to a few of your restaurant credit accounts too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's quite a few partnerships with with Delta that Delta has. Interesting. Uh, I was just going to say, so the last one, I'm just going to sort of spew yeah. this information off and then we could just For discuss sure. it. So it, it, we sort of compiled safety, local norms, and thoughtful travel into one area. And we use the State Department U.S. State Department website. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but it does give you, if you type in the destination, it will give you travel advisories in the form of terrorism, threats, viral outbreaks, uh, potential concerns with with your gender or, or being gay, and then religious mm-hmm. information, which is awesome. Like it, it really, mm-hmm. it really does give you sort of the preliminary information that you can then research further to see what other people have experienced. Um, there's this awesome website called travelmaps.state.gov. Mm-hmm. It's this world map. You click on the country and it immediately gives you a pop-up. It will tell you um, the travel advisory, when the travel advisory went into effect. And then it also populates with a legend, uh, like consultant or, or, or consult locations, embassy locations and things like that. It, it's It's pretty awesome. Um, wow. We use the CDC website to get recommendations on vaccines, eating and mm-hmm. drinking uh, recommendations, depending if you're which nation you're going to. Like, uh, you you might need to avoid certain foods and certain certain water. And then it also will give you tra- uh, transportation accidents, and you can get an idea of what the risk is for tourists on certain forms of transportation, which is pretty pretty awesome. Wow, that's really to the T. I love it. Yeah, 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 and then. And then understanding local norms. This one is something yeah. that is, you, you sort of have to take the lead on it, but common mm-hmm. things are like tipping, hand gestures, restaurant etiquette yeah. are all things that you should look into. And it sort of ties into thoughtful travel where we push people to spend time understanding the language, learning a few sayings, uh, knowing dress codes before you go, especially if you're yeah. going to more conservative like uh, Muslim nations and you want to see mm-hmm. those mosques, mm-hmm. which are beautiful, highly recommend it, but you need to know the dress codes actually similar to like the Vatican in Rome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then we, we like to, uh, I guess, help people think about how they can make a positive impact on the community, be environmentally conscious while you're traveling. We're mm-hmm. trying to figure out ourselves as we travel, how to, I don't not be such a consumer sort of go there, but, but try to 
you know, only leave footprints as they say, take photos and, mm-hmm. and only leave footprints and not be such a consumer at the destination, but rather just sort of integrate in and see and, and, and I don't know, be more mindful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you do the itinerary process after the consultancy service that you guys provide as well? Or so, is it two separate? Yeah, so we do. We we sell the journal planner by itself. We have a video course where Elliot created cartoon versions of us that we essentially explain <laughs> all the things that I just said. Check that out. Yeah, in much more detail. And we talk you through. So there's for the five courses and uh, a I, I don't remember who does which, but like you'll get a cartoon version of me and I'll talk you through how to create your Google My Places map. Um, and then in addition to that, we do offer itinerary services where I'll just write it for you. We'll sit down over Zoom. We'll talk. Uh, gotcha. You'll tell me how much you want to spend, what you want to do, the type of traveler you are, and I'll come up with an itinerary for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have a final question before we <clears throat> wrap up here. What happens or how, how do you help someone plan to a place, city, country that you haven't traveled to yourself, you nor Elliot? It's all research, all through the process mm-hmm. that that I <clears throat> just explained. Yeah, I, I, so I haven't actually traveled. I'm not one of these people that have been to every country in the world. Uh, or I, 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 think I'm up to like, I think I'm up to like 15 or 16. So I haven't really explored the world. You know, And it, it's funny because it puts it in perspective. When I talk to my friends at home, they look at me as like this tenured world explorer, but then I talk to somebody who's been to every country and then like mm-hmm. walked across Antarctica and I feel like <laughs> I have no travel experiences. So it is all relative, but uh, right. I think my, my strengths are around the research are around again, understanding how to put a schedule together and, and taking people, the information people want and sort of knowing what to do. And, you know, if, if you go to Rome and you know what the attractions are and you know how to move around the city, I think it translates well to other European cities specifically. So like, yeah, it, it's all, it's all comes down to research though. hundred percent. Yeah. We're not country counters either. So don't feel bad. Yeah. I, I'm so, I'm so mixed on that. I, 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 uh, I used to like it. Then I was like, no, that's horrible. And now I kind of like the competitive aspect of it, depending mm. on, on, on the, t- like what you're trying to get out of it. Now, if you're just like walking into a yeah. country and ticking it off the list, that's a little different. But if it's like, because it, there are these platforms that promote it mm-hmm. and it's sort of like this competitive mm-hmm. adventurer, explorer aspect where not only are they pushing people to travel to these countries, but it's like, where, what's the most obscure town you went to in that country? And like, what, which islands? And so it's, I think it's sort of a, a, a the modern version of the explorer because so much has already been explored that we're sort of finding new ways to like push the envelope of like this country counting adventurer explorer type of travel. Yeah. All right. This was so cool. Thank you so much. Um, Tell us a little bit about all the other services that Travelers Blueprint offers. You know, that's, that's pretty much it. So those are the things we focus on. Um, Again, like I'm not like a, a extremely like I couldn't give you adventure advice. I couldn't tell you how to hike Mount Everest. Um, <laughs> but if you want to go to Rome, if you want to go to pretty much any city um, in Europe, in most of Asia, I can help with. I don't know, like Africa is probably beyond my. Most of the countries in Africa are a little bit beyond something that I would feel comfortable giving somebody to do because mm-hmm. uh, it's just a little bit harder to travel there. So yeah. <clears throat> That's, but that's pretty much it. And then we have the podcast. We, we talk to people like you, Leah, you've been on. Um, we do everything from travel logistics to uh, the psychology of the traveler to the actual adventurers that are doing things like climbing the seven summits and walking across Antarctica. I, some of the people I've talked to are, um, they, they sort of blew my mind, blind, a blind guy who hiked Everest and stuff like that. So we really, we, we have a very broad spectrum of people on our podcast. Yeah, yours is incredible. Honestly, it's actually one of my inspirations for our podcast. Like the, oh, the fact you. that you guys bring such massive guests on of from every corner <clears throat> of travel um, and then just your branding and consistency. I'm just a big fan. So um, I've enjoyed really being that. on the roundtables. I think that's such a cool idea where you bring people from different walks of life on and have them talk about different things. So um, I'll link the episodes that I've been on. The first, so the first three weeks of the month, we'll be releasing them. And then the last one or two weeks, we're going to take a break. Just 
to help us, you know, uh, family life and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We just needed a yeah. little more time. Yeah. It is, it is a full-time job. To have it is. It's very demanding. <laughs> it's, it's demanding, you know, finding the guest, putting the, the effort into, to, to, to get them on the show. It is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Post-production. Editing is tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Just> that <laughs> That's right. Now we will jump into the T2A Q2A, which is the ticket to anywhere quick to answer segment. We have three questions for you, Bob. First one, do you have any rituals or routines when you get to a new place? Yeah, stick to my itinerary. So I guess. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I already know what I'm doing and I just stick with it. Yeah. There you go. Enough said. <laughs> All right. Why do you travel? Uh, to, to, to meet people. To meet people. And we have different cultures. I find it fascinating. And I have since I was very little. Hmm. Okay. Final question. What's your next trip? It's a tough one. Uh, I, I believe it is going to be Dio de los Muertos in Oaxaca, mm. Mexico of October oh my 2023. So it's a, it's a far ways away, but oh I have far. a newborn right now. So I have a six-month-old yeah. baby. Oh, and so congrats. he's going to come with us. So we need to... Oh. We need to train them a little bit. And so by October 2023, it'll be Halloween. I believe I'm going to be in Oaxaca, Mexico for a day of the day. That's amazing. We actually were thinking about doing oh, that wow. um, this November, but then we switched our plans to hopefully doing another international trip in November. So well, maybe next year. And you, I'll, I'll we'll get in your there. itinerary. I will <laughs> be there. Well, so next year, if you want to come, I'll be there. Elliot will be there. Our families will be there. We have a bunch of friends. Oh, how fun. People we I met on the it. podcast are coming. Uh, it's like a group trip. Group group <laughs> trip. Like so. So uh, yeah, definitely. Let us know. I mean, we'll, we'll probably oh, talk for again. Sure. Yeah. I'll clear my calendar yeah. for October 2023. Also, then let's go, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down <laughs> for sure. All right. Before we close off, Bob, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, it's the Traveler's Blueprint on pretty much everything. So it's the Traveler's Blueprint at um, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, thetravelersblueprint.com, uh, the Traveler's Blueprint on all those podcast platforms. That's that's where you'll find us. All the consultancy, all the journal. Consultancy. Yeah, consultancy is on the website. You can just click through uh, the Traveler's Blueprint at gmail.com if you want to discuss something prior to actually buying anything. And on our Instagram is where we're most active. We do three posts a week where one, it's like a cover photo of the guest. We do a little video clip of the guest and then we get a quote from the podcast. So if you want to just follow and see who we have on a weekly basis, you can get an idea just by following us on Instagram. Love it. Love it. We appreciate your time, Bob. Thank you yeah. so much. Congrats to the newest member of your family. Thank you. Yeah. Safe travels. See you Thanks, next Bob. time, Bob. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. If you love travel as much as we do, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. Thank you all for your support so far. When you have the time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your thoughts and feedback, and it'll help others come across our episodes and hopefully be inspired to travel and adventure anywhere.